three, two, one, enter Metallica, dude. Lexi Turner! Welcome to episode 31 of Failure at its Finest Hour. This is uh, a Chris Shiner and an Aaron Signory head-to-head episode. Um, the holidays are, while they're great, they're fucked. Because Tony is facing his Super Bowl for the next, like, month and a half. Dylan, oh, I don't yeah. even know what happened. I'm sure, like, we're on the verge of war with somebody, and he's <laughs> doing something. No. But we got a head-to-head episode with Mr. Chris Shiner and myself. Coming, coming fresh out of COVID recovery. Yeah, dude. How 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 are you feeling right now? Like, 92 out of 100. Really? Yeah. Not bad, but it comes in waves, dude. There's, like... Just weird, like I have shitty headaches still, every now and then. You sound a little stuffy, but how is your? Uh, what was like the worst symptom? You mentioned anxiety. Oh, dude, that and the vomiting, the nausea, vomiting, <laughs> diarrhea, You're throwing up, dude. Oh yeah, really? violently. I know you said yeah. you had, you you had a cup of water and you were like on the toilet for half an hour. Yeah, both me and my daughter got really sick to our stomachs. See. And and I'm not down with like any symptoms of COVID. I'm like, no thanks. But of all mm. of them, if you're gonna if like the new variant or whatever is gonna be throwing up and shitting yourself. It's the worst. Yeah. I just that's not good for oh. me. I hate throwing up. Um <clears throat> and I hate shitting, I guess too, I should say that. <laughs> oh yeah, dude. It's torture. But, I still ain't right. Like it fucked my appetite up forever, I think. Yeah. Well, I saw you you cut a new uh notch in your belt which is <laughs> not good because you're yeah, mu- a great way to stay in shape <laughs> yeah your, your muscles are atrophying yeah uh, don't worry i'm not missing any meals so how's the uh how's the fam doing everybody everybody healthy they're all good now we've all we've all recovered you shit it you shit it most of the way out yes hopefully <laughs> yeah we also had a i think we had a humidifier count in your house at eight was it eight oh, yeah. humidifiers you got you got radiators or forced air in there? Radiator, baseboards, brother. Dang. So no combustion, no humidity. Ugh. So you got to make it brutal. <laughs> I uh, I I got one that I <clears throat> I bring in my room at night, and then when I'm out with like chilling with everybody, I bring it back out there. <clears throat> and I and now I'm going on. <laughs> I just told my room I was on Facebook Marketplace trying to buy used because them bitches are expensive. <laughs> They yeah. are expensive, so I'm looking yeah. at. I'm going like trying to find all the rich neighborhoods in Grand Rapids that are selling them for like 15 bucks a pop. Right. And I'm gonna have one in every nook and cranny in here because. Um, Just boil a pot of water. Every time I look at my face on this podcast, I look about 30 years older than I am. I look double my age right now. So I've been <laughs> okay. on the lotion game. I'm itching. It's terrible. <clears throat> Anyways, welcome to. Win- out. <clears throat> yes, terrible. Welcome oh. to winter. Dry, itchy, and I don't take Chat hot lips. showers. Not not so much in the lip game, but oh. but yeah, just lotion. I'll fucking, I'll fucking oops the clown out if I don't be careful. <laughs> Get big old red rings around my lips. <clears throat> oh my gosh! So, yeah. um, in other news, um, Metallica, uh, Lux Eterna is a new single that got dropped by Metallica. I think it was today. Was it today? Yeah, it's a fucking ripper. And it is for those uh, of you who listen to, let's see, if you're up in the UP, you're probably listening to 99.7 or 98.7. One of them's like more classic rock. 99.7, they'll probably play it. Um, yeah, I don't know if the channels are still the same. And I don't know what, what Western End, like over, over, or excuse me, Eastern End over by you, like what stations play in Metallica. Oh, none of them. None of them? None of them. <laughs> it's all country and gospel? No, there's a... Uh, a real classic rock channel, but they don't have any metallic. Maybe the, for whom the bell tolls, or um, yeah, an oldie. No, no, no. Enter Sandman. That's about it. Oh, gotcha. Well, for those listeners who love Metallica, I know uh, Mr. Dan Schoberlein. Shout out to him. He's dude. Been, I've been going back and forth on him uh, with him uh, on Facebook about it. Um, it's a it, sick fucking song. World tour announced. Um, you know, full album. Um, did you, did, what did you think about his voice in that song? What, I thought like, it was good. I think the mix, when I turned it on Spotify, I listened to it while I was in the shower. I just put it on repeat and listened to it while I was taking a shower. 
and I was really shocked. It, it was really quiet. But the last album that, or the last album that I really listened to was Death Magnetic, and that was mixed very loud on Spotify. Mm. If you turn Death Magnetic all the way up on your phone, like while you're working on something or cooking, it like blows your phone speakers out. This oh, really? is like really is mixed really low, but guitar sounds are there, drum sounds are there, bass is buried in the mix because it's metal music. Um, mm-hmm. Sorry to tell you, bass players out there, that's how it works. It's fucking bullshit. It's a bullshit thing. It shouldn't be that. <laughs> well, and I mean, in in, in um, Robert Robert is just following the guitar lines. He's not. Oh yeah, he's typically not doing, doing anything. <laughs> yeah, so, noodling. But but dude, the solo was wicked. Oh yeah, dude. It was kind of, he, he almost like Kirk Hammett has a, a certain like guitar um, habits, right? And mm. so there are several of those guitar habits that are present. It was similar to, I would say like the master puppet solo um, uh, in, okay. and, and similar to like the, the one, uh, the, the, the Metallica song one, it's similar mm-hmm. to that. solo. there's a lot of elements that are the same. It's a little trashy, um, but I think that's intentional because this song, and- this song is hearkening back to um, that of, in a way, saying anger a little bit, but probably mm. more kill them all. Because I was gonna say kill hates, them all. Everybody yeah. hates saying anger. Um, I I love saying anger because um, it is thrashy and, and trashy, and and I think it was they were kind of going for that. Yeah, um, so, they kind of sure. did a little too hard, but um, one of my favorites. I, I, I love it. That and ride the lightning are probably my top two. Oh yeah dude just classic classic albums mm-hmm. um tony had actually sent us so <clears throat> tony is mia he's probably gonna wake up at freaking 2 a.m he's probably at work already got home sleeping he's taking a, a nap before he wakes up and goes to work again at yeah. a different job um so there is a lawsuit tony mentioned tony said that we should mention this and i think it oh, is, is this bullshit? This, is this just a fucking joke? No, this is real. So I'm gonna go to I'm gonna go to CNN. I saw this. I think. Um, and I think this article is today. Yes, it is. Um, at 4:30 p.m. I saw this when I got home. <clears throat> so, first of all, CNN way to way to like really market this story because it's 4:30. People are getting from home from work, probably cooking dinner for their children or scrolling their phone on a stoplight. And the headline reads this, a Florida woman is suing Kraft for $5 million saying Velveeta microwave mac and cheese takes longer to make than advertised, which is probably the most ridiculous thing I've, I've heard Mm. in a a long time. (laughs) Wait, Uh, and, and she's suing for it. Yeah. For, for false <clears throat> advertising, yeah. So <clears throat> the label on a cup of Velveeta's microwave mac and cheese, like I said, this is CNN, um, written by somebody, Melissa Alonzo and Zoe Sottle from CNN. Yeah. Uh, the label on a Velveeta's mac and cheese says the meal only takes three and a half minutes to prepare, but a Florida woman says this is false, and she is suing the manufacturer for $5 million. Um, Amanda Ramirez um, has filed a proposed $5 million class action lawsuit against Kraft Heinz Food Company alleging the food producers Velveeta shells and cheese takes longer than advertised for pair. Court documents show. Filed it in U.S. District Court. Blah, blah, blah. That claims that the packaging on the microwave of single serve cups, not not the the big rig for for the whole family, just the single one. I'd love Mm -hmm. to know the stats on this woman age and you know, if she's like college or if it's a mom or something like that, but yeah, oh my gosh, I, I don't even if, know. I'm trying to, let, <laughs> people are eating those cups of mac and cheese. Still? Yeah. People just that shit. Just get the real, just get the real deal and make it. Jesus Christ. How fucking old are you lady? Um, that you make a cup of mac and cheese and you're like, this isn't done. The lawyers argue that the company sells the product at a substantial, a substantial, a substantial price premium, which is true because it's convenient. So it's a it's a smaller portion and it's easily easily cooked. Apparently, not in three and a half minutes, uh, while using its misleading marketing of ready in three and a half minutes, which instantly catches the eye of all reasonable co- consumers. <laughs> mm. The customers are paying more than they otherwise would because of a three and a half minute claim. The lawsuit challenges. Okay. I, I just 
<laughs> a guy crashes through the fucking pasta aisle, rifling through the walls. Where the fuck is it? Oh, the quickest mac and cheese oh, grabs the easy mac. <laughs> I just don't like dude, who's in that big of a hurry. I mean, Velveeta definitely is the Cadillac. You know what? I won't even say that. Well, yeah, I will say that. The cra- uh, uh, Velveeta shells and cheese are definitely the Cadillac of mac and cheese. Of instant mac and cheese, yeah. Uh, correct. Um, even better is the Cracker Barrel version. I agree. Which is, that's the best kind. That is that's second to none. I mean, mm-hmm. that is that's if 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 Velveeta is <laughs> the Cadillac, then then uh, uh, Cracker Barrel is the is the Maserati. I mean, yeah. it is. Yes, yeah, I agree. Great. So and bar none, if you're gonna eat the lava the magma cheese yeah at least make it taste good yeah you know and i mean we're we're we are repeat offenders to doctoring things you and i oh yeah of course you and i are really the cooks of the group i guess um dylan dylan does some work on the grill for sure but you and i that's that's cooking's in our wheelhouse for sure yeah so ironic that you and i ended up talking about food on on the podcast (laughs) A little bit of breadcrumbs, maybe some crushed up Cheetos on there. Oh yeah, hot sauce. I got that buffalo powder, that that Frank's red hot buffalo. Oh, pick, pickled jalapenos on there, maybe. Oh yeah, we got to start getting sponsors here. If anybody wants to sponsor us, just Eesh. like just get a hold of us. You can get a hold of us. Somebody's got to have a sponsor. I'm trying to get. Imagine pitching that. Like, if you sponsor us, five people might buy your product. <laughs> Oh, well, okay. that's the thing. If we do like a sponsorship with a discount code, we don't need much from them, just their name yeah. on, on this pseudo raunchy podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll send you some customers hopefully, and they'll get a discount on your shit. So, um, that's funny. Yeah, Anyways, that's all, what that's else? All, that's all what back else we here. got going on. <laughs> uh, I don't know, man. I, uh, it's, I have to tell the listeners, um, we're just, we're just on like a, the highway to hell here on the podcast we're just like uh, bits and bits and pieces every week we might release on tuesday we might release on thursday who knows go- who's gonna be on the podcast um Dude, so our apologies for that yeah <laughs> but we're trying to trying to get everybody wrangled here but holidays are busy and lives are busy so the main topic for today which we are now getting to at exactly 12 minutes and 43 seconds in this podcast <laughs> is mr db cooper db cooper so chris this you're, dude's interesting you're kind of familiar with this story um and we we're trying to do it for the thanksgiving episode but we had to like talk about normal thanksgiving episode stuff and um this got pushed to this week so i will read um word for word once again i always shout out this sweaty spotify guy that sits in a basement somewhere and listens to these and fields them for copyright infringement. Um, how you doing, man? Uh, just send us, send us an email. Um, to what your name is and you know, we'll shout you out on the podcast. Thanks. For Actually. <laughs> so on the FBI, FBI.gov website, the DB Cooper hijacking. So the reason we are going to do this on Thanksgiving is because it happened on November 24th, 1971. So on that afternoon, a nondescript man calling himself Dan Cooper approached the counter of Northwest Orient Airlines in Portland, Oregon. He used cash to buy a one-way ticket on flight number 305 bound for Seattle, Washington. Thus began one of the great unsolved mysteries in FBI history. Cooper was a quiet man who appeared, who appeared to be in his mid-40s wearing a business suit with a black tie and a white shirt. He ordered a drink, a bourbon and soda. Good choice. Can't go wrong with the highball on thanksgiving oh yeah dude you got a, a nice crystally glass with a little a lot of a lot of ice in it yeah heavy on the ice just get that nice and crispy for you uh, some brandy what? some brandy <laughs> oh yeah i uh that's actually my buddy sam he's a big fan of the brandy and coke which mm. non-flavored brandy just the og stuff but anyway so db cooper orders a drink bourbon and soda while the flight was waiting to take off a short time after 3 p.m he handed the stewardess a note indicating that he had a bomb in his briefcase and wanted the stewardess to sit with him the stunned stewardess did as she was told opening a cheap attache case which i would assume was like a briefcase cooper showed her a glimpse of a massive wires and red colored sticks and demanded that she write down what he told her soon as he was walking a new note as 
she was walking a new note to the captain of the plane that demanded four parachutes and 200 grand in $20 bills. Hmm. So, um, and the plane just magically has no 200k it gets better so when the flight lands in seattle the hijacker exchanged the flights 36 passengers for the money and parachutes he kept several crew members and the plane took off again ordered a set course for mexico city so what he did was he handed her a note asking for the stuff said i'll blow this fucker sky high if you if you do anything um we're gonna land the plane we're gonna get the passengers off we're gonna keep the pilot and the crew on and he shut all made sure all of like the little window coverings were shut um obviously there were parties you know law enforcement was aware and they still didn't do anything they brought him the money and they brought him the parachutes so somewhere between seattle and reno a little after 8 p.m the hijacker did the incredible he jumped out of the back of the plane with a parachute and the ransom money the pilots landed safely but cooper had disappeared into the night and his ultimate fate remains a mystery to this day wow so it's it's i'll stop here for a second it is absolutely wild that in 19 i mean it's believable for 1971 like it's it's just like oh yeah dude crazy shit happened in the 70s and 80s you could just you could just kind of do anything and and law enforcement was starting yeah i'm stealing the plane (laughs) this was the 70s though (laughs) oh shucks don't steal the plane (laughs) You could go Scooby Doo on it. That's good. <laughs> so, um, the FBI learned of the crime in flight and immediately opened an extensive investigation. That lasted many years, calling it Norjack for Northwest hijacking. We interviewed. They oh. interviewed hundreds of people, tracked leads across the nation, scoured the aircraft for evidence. By the five-year anniversary, they considered more than eight hundred suspects and elid- eliminated all but two dozen from consideration. Fuck, dude. So, and the FBI article goes on. To, Joe Biden to talk, to talk about <laughs> all of these different players and stuff. Um, but as we do, we take a left, we take a left turn in this podcast and we go right into conspiracy theories. <laughs> <laughs> so it's first off how That's... incredible this guy shows up wearing like a little black suit. His pictures are all over on online or mm-hmm. art, artists. Well, there's only sketches of him. He's got his little Ray-Bans on and he's got a little thin, thin lips and, a soft jaw and I'm surprised nobody cracked him one. But the incredible thing is that he kept the stewardess there and didn't, most of the passengers had no idea it was happening. So when they got off, they were like, you know, there was law enforcement there, but they shuttled everybody off and they're like, what the hell's going on? And I don't know if it was right then that they made them aware of what was going on, but they just got him off the tarmac and that plane took off again, which is incredible. That's like, there's a couple things like, I mean, he took advantage of the fact that it was the seventies and like the whole lack of communication was a huge major role in the way he got away with that. Like people were just like, Oh, how could this happen? Uh, You know, they're like, Oh, well, fuck. And the wild thing too, is that he just, he, he did it. He was calm, cool, collected. He had a plan. He for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, this, I imagine he planned this out for months or he's just a mastermind and like, you know, two hours before the flight was like, well, I guess I'll do this today, but I'm going to bring a bomb to the airport. Just unbelievable. <laughs> and, and back then I feel like I, I haven't heard too many stories from the seventies and I'm sure there's great heroes that I'm just totally blanking on and forgetting, but nobody was trying to like play social justice and, and like, tackle some guy that has a supposed bomb on an airplane like they're just you know even if the passengers would have been aware of it i don't know if anybody would have done anything dude i don't know would you i don't know well maybe in 19 i don't know 1970 i feel like at the most this guy's got i don't know maybe he's it's just like it's kind of unheard of bombs it's kind of unfake yeah it's kind of like unheard of i feel like for the time of course you did have like all the manson shit tail end of the six mm-hmm. you know tail end of the 60s so this is 71 True. so there's starting to be some crazies out there you know in the 60s are obviously rife with you know vietnam you know had got had had was happening and and, oh. and all that stuff so the world was kind of tons of conflict yeah starting to go mm-hmm. go down the shitter a little bit um but one Man. of the most interesting um, 
this was actually, I typed in, um, I Googled um, DB Cooper theories on Reddit and boy, did I get some gold. <laughs> oh yeah. You, you hit the fucking source, man, right in the teat. Mm-hmm. So um, <clears throat> Reddit. Yeah. So this is by um, posted by Reddit slash R uh, <laughs> slash R. No shit. No, it's a fuck. <laughs> fuck us now man (laughs) so reddit is such a great and and i kind of hate that we went to reddit on this podcast because there's so many podcasts now that literally there's podcasts that literally just read reddit articles and it's just like oh dude there's like forums of people who talk about podcasts but our angle is great (laughs) yeah ours ours is different bro we're a different group of guys making a podcast (laughs) (laughs) so the title of the the comment uh of this thread is theory db cooper never jumped out of the plane and it, mm. and it goes on so i'm gonna read it here word for word and um and this this is this is actually very interesting so i'll try and read it kind of slow so everybody can pick up on what's going on so it reads uh everyone has spent decades trying to find db cooper after he jumped out of the plane but what if he never did? This hinges on some or all of the air crew being responsible for the hijacking. So let's say they got a friend to buy a ticket under the name of Dan Cooper, and then a second ticket purchased in their own name. This friend boarded the plane and then pretended to hijack the plane by threatening the stewardess who was in on the plot. So this it, it starts it starts to twist here. So so pay attention, listeners. Once the money was on board, the person identified as DB Cooper got off the plane in Seattle with the rest of the passengers and the money. So this is a thought that I don't know if the FBI searched people like when they got mm. off, or they just like got them off and like, hey, go on your own way. I don't know if they took everybody in for questioning. I'm sure there's an FBI report where we can read that. Probably not gonna search for it now. So once the money was on the board, the person identified as D.B. Cooper got off the plane in, the Se- in Seattle with the rest of the passengers. That leaves the the D.B. Cooper, the the character, mm-hmm. and the money off the plane. Right? Gone already. So the plane took off, flew until it was dark, and then the four remaining crew opened the rear door, tossed out the parachute and small amount of money, expecting it to be found as evidence that D.B. Cooper had jumped and then the plane had landed. Hmm. Right? So... <clears throat> Everyone spends 50 years looking for someone who never really existed at all and wasn't even on the plane when the, he's when D.B. Cooper supposedly jumped. Fum, fum, fum. <laughs> the, the crew who had almost all the interaction with him gives a false description, let's just say. He refused to talk to anyone apart from the air crew. The blinds were closed on the ground so no one could see in. None of the other passengers were even aware the plane was being hijacked and so didn't pay any attention to D.B. Cooper himself during the flight. He could have easily taken off his sunglasses and his disguise and no one would have recognized him as he got off with everybody else. And the authorities would have never checked bags because the air crew said he was still on board. Hmm. And this is this is the FBI and the, the air the 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 powers that be, you know, they they assumed the guy was still on board, the plane took back off. So they figured that, you know, whatever he was, you know, he was still there and he had the money, the parachutes, and he was gonna jump. So let's say right. he was on the flight in his own name so that there'd be no extra person versus the passenger list. The crew could easily have faked the extra person when doing the manifest to hide the fact that the plane was one person short when it took off. The mm. air crew would have known all the information about how to fly low and slow, open the back door and so on, but wouldn't have been ex- expert parachutists, which is, explains why the FBI think that he was a pilot, but not an expert parachutist. So it, in, in, in the end, it says, mm. <clears throat> um, uh, it says it's also possible that they threw all the money out expecting to be able to recover it, but never found it, which is why the money was never spent because they had the serial numbers for the dollar, the $20 bills that were on the plane. Why was Instead the money it, on the plane? Why the is money, this money? No, the, the he he they landed. They landed in in um, uh, Seattle, and yeah. then and then he, while they were on the tarmac, still the plane was still running. They brought in no, the no, money. No. Gave him, what's up? I'm just saying 
did he just decide to pick the right fucking plane with a bunch of money on it? Like, no, no, no they sorry, you, you must have missed it. They dropped. He took off with no money. Right. They landed in Seattle. Mm-hmm. And mid amid that flight, he told the the stewardess to get on the phone, call somebody to get him two hundred thousand oh. dollars. So they landed with all the windows closed, shuttled all the passengers off. Oh my god! Gave okay. it, gave him the money, which is so funny because you all you hear in like everything is we don't negotiate with terrorists at the the u.s government they just does, fucking hand it to him they hand it to him and then he flies off towards mexico city like, um, fuck How so, did he, why did he take off he said so, he was so at the end of it it said it'd be the perfect crime which is why it's the only unsolved case of air piracy hmm. which i don't know who the hell this guy is but i mean this is an absolute incredible take on how and this is probably some guy that lives in omaha nebraska and is just <laughs> surrounded by corn and he saw one documentary he's like oh i see how he did it <laughs> that, right. that's like the guy the guy that did the crossword puzzles for all those years him and his wife would do crossword puzzles in the um in the uh, from the newspaper and he's the yeah. guy he's the guy that cracked the um the zodiac code or whatever really that's fucking wild. Yeah, it was just some Joe Schmo who read the paper every morning and did the crossword puzzles with his wife. He cracked like the code. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking so, crazy. So this tale lives in infamy, and I don't see it as often as like you know on the anniversary. It's Thanksgiving. Obviously, everyone's worried about turkey and fighting other moms in Walmart for fucking Lego sets. But, Dude, shit's scary these days. But now after you know how many years have gone by this story is still still bubbles up some guy commented super underrated movie could you imagine a movie i mean they've made tons of oh, man. movies but if they oceans 11 if they oceans 13 oh, so sweet the db cooper story i mean that's a good pitch and none of us are script writers yet but to anybody who's listening that is a film writer no write one. the oceans 11 db <clears throat> cooper story we use all the good actors. Um, it'd be a massive budget. No, let's just write it and do it ourselves. <laughs> well, as of as of uh, you know, whenever we release this, it's going to be out in the ether. So maybe we need to cut this entire portion. Cut that! Cut that! Cut that! <laughs> cut the whole thing. Oh my gosh! So DB Cooper escapes. Man. Now there is some stuff about like they found like some of the money. There was like. Um, let me, let me, hold on a second. D.B. Cooper's money. So some of it was found in 1980. A young boy found $5,800 in cash on the banks of the Columbia River in Vancouver, Washington. That doesn't mean shit. Investors confirmed that the cash carried the same serial number as the money given to D.B. Cooper. Okay, that means something. So, but following this guy's this guy's thing, this guy's uh, Reddit post that yeah. that they potentially threw some of the money out either right. as to like to find it later or to find you know to leave some evidence that way you know they throw them off decoy. the trail on the way to Mexico City. But it's in mm-hmm. Vancouver, Washington, on the Columbia River, and they they flew you know the plane landed um, in Seattle and then took off again so right um <clears throat> oh well what let's see what you got there you go <laughs> so <laughs> it's a very it's a very bizarre story and i obviously encourage <laughs> the listeners to to dude to how could you be it. so fucking dumb <laughs> like how does this guy get away with this shit and they're just like oh well I don't know. There's tons of tighten up on the rules here. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like in, in seemingly they didn't do much. I mean, I'm sure there was, there was like massive overhauls um, to, you know, like the federal flight commission or whatever the, the powers that be are to like change this, to make sure no guy in a suit gets away with 200 grand. <clears throat> I should look at the No, no. <laughs> Cause they did some worse things with planes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean so 200 grand now would be 1 1.4 million dollars. Not that much money. Yeah, an increase Honestly. of 1.2 million dollars over 51 years. 
which hmm. is which is I mean for that time sure 200 grand was a lot of money you know you could you could buy a house for three grand that's true not, that's not true <laughs> maybe 20 though I don't know so I wonder how much a house would go for in the 70s I don't know <clears throat> 1970s house housing costs we'll tell we'll tell because I wonder that'll say basically how much okay how much would two hundred thousand dollars last you just to, to steal a plane and do all that shit are you good for life after that in 1970s the median home price rose from twenty three thousand dollars to fifty five thousand dollars so yeah that's uh a lot of your money not a lot of money but back then obviously it's all relative so right um so I guess the moral of the story. What's the moral of the story here? Um, anything is possible. <laughs> if you put your mind to it. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you believe in yourself. So, yeah. <laughs> and now we come to the disclaimer portion. Don't bring anything onto a plane that's going to try and get you $200,000 and four parachutes. <laughs> But definitely drink bourbon and soda. Definitely, yeah. yes. definitely have a highball on the plane for sure. I think the last flight I had, I was I hadn't been on a flight, so I oh. I was on a flight just before COVID. So whatever that was, twenty nineteen. I don't know. They all blur together. I hate flying. No, it was the early twenty early twenty twenty. I was on a flight, and that was the first time that I'd flown in probably I don't even know ten years, maybe. Oh, it's the worst. Maybe like 15 years. And um I this is the first time I could drink on a plane, so I was like, well, yeah, let's let's have some let's have a couple of sodas here. <laughs> and um and they kept bringing them and uh yeah, I was and then we hit turbulence on the way down. I was like, well, I guess at least I got a buzz. Man, I just fly and it's something I don't it's do weird. It, I don't do it often. <clears throat> and I mean, you jumped out of planes. So you you've you've DB Coopered with less money. On a you right. DB Cooper on a military salary, I got paid um, for it. So yeah, and D- D- Dylan's jumped too, right? Dylan Dylan's yeah. in the same same deal, right? So yeah, what's it like jumping out of a plane? It's fun, is it? Yeah, I'd do it again. Just fucking loud, just like it, yeah, it's like yeah, just just constant hissing, right? So I I mean, are they like well for like for what I did was all low, it's called low altitude. Okay. <clears throat> so basically, insertion like, like yeah, your... like thirteen hundred feet, fifteen hundred feet, that low? Feet. No yeah. way, that low? That's low, dude. Yeah. So they... <clears throat> anywhere between there and like thirty-five sometimes is at the highest. Okay. So hey, they'll drop because you're trying to hit, and then what's that? You're trying to hit the ground quick. You're trying to like yeah. Well, you're not trying to hit it fast, but you're trying to get to the ground quickly. (laughs) It's like a rapid assault, like a, like a a assault tactic that trying to get boots on the ground, right? It's not a good assault tactic. The only reason the army still does airborne is because it's like a a heritage thing. They don't use it. They don't use it in war anymore. It's used before you, you know, you just get shot out of the air. Yeah. Jeez. So on your, on your jumps, I mean, $200,000 $200,000 in $20 bills. Let's see how much that weighs. Yeah, good point. Because I jumped with, a, you jump with a lot of gear. Yeah, and I'm sure the gear that you're jumping with is much heavier than, um, is much heavier than what DB Cooper jumped with. I mean, it's, it's, Let's safe, see. it's safe to say that. So $200,000, 10000 $20 bills. How much does ten thousand twenty dollar bills weigh? <laughs> I'm I'm looking up how much a parachute harness weighs. T eleven hundred. Oh, it's only pounds. it's only twenty two pounds. It's twenty. Oh, that's nothing. Twenty two pounds. DB Cooper jumped out with, and I would assume it's in a, a duffel bag. I'd have to go back and look, but probably a duffel bag. Twenty two pound duffel bag. In a parachute, and it was a 1971 wow. parachute, so it was made out of Kraft mac and cheese paper and paracord. Yeah, for jumping, usually the the main parachute and the harness is like 38 pounds, okay. and then the reserve parachute 
package on your front is 15 and then your backpack is 35 pounds minimum and then you got and your, then, your gun with you and... yeah your gun and weapons case is anywhere between like eight to ten pounds yeah a lot of weight man <clears throat> and then oh dude it's fucking miserable like you're standing up in the plane when they say stand up and you're just like you got all this fucking weight and this tight harness on and it's just like <laughs> you're like god i'm gonna fall like they start you, they start they say go and you start running out the door and you just basically like get to the opening and just like flop out because <laughs> you're because you're weigh, you weigh so much so and then i mean do you hit i mean i'm I, this maybe is uh more sciencey question do how you hit, fast you do you fall you, the ground you don't hit terminal ground? velocity like how many seconds are you out until you pull your chute i guess it depends you on don't how. pull your chute it's called a static line oh so, so you you're, have, you're hooked it, up to the rail yeah so there's five seconds of free fall and then the static line pulls your chute open for you gotcha deploys it so it's five seconds of free fall then <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh do you did you have any you had i know you had some some tough falls there where you you landed kind of hard was it was it twisted shoot or was it just you just came in oh, i've never hot? had an, i've never had any well you have some hard falls if you if you weigh a lot like me i mean or if it's a windy day yeah, you, you, you caught a couple domes of the ground upon landing, haven't you? Like you Oh for sure. Man. For sure. What was the first one like? Oh. Were you just, were you I, just shitting fuck, yourself? It was, fucking, it was awesome, dude. Like I was scared as fuck, but I was like, well, I have a parachute and I have a backup parachute, so I'm probably gonna live. Yeah. But you know? I mean, how many you know what the time is? So you it's have like, to Okay, if, so like you have five seconds of like free fall and then your chute opens and then you just float for like 30 seconds maybe okay. 20 and then you're 20 to 30 then you're looking out for trees at that point or it's an open field usually a drop zone mm. and then you just kind of do a plf you, you like roll okay and you blend your feet hit the ground and then you kind of roll your whole body kick your gotcha. feet over so um <clears throat> but from from when your parachute opens so that when the static line you know yank, supposed to yank your parachute open if it doesn't how many do you know what the seconds are before you have to release that and then pull the pull the reserve well there's no time it's just as soon as possible gotcha so but <laughs> did, what did do you remember the instruction they gave you on like okay so if yeah, something's you, fucked up so like, what you do you can as soon as you jump out you count to five one thousand one thousand two thousand three thousand when you count to when you get to five you grab your risers right yep. okay and those have already deployed and by then you're already looking up to see if that your shoot should be deploying at that point okay if your shoot's not deployed then you immediately have to fucking look down and grab your reserve and pull that one because then it throws a drone parachute up yep. to open your reserve okay so you have to fucking immediately look up at five seconds and then pull your reserve. Now, when you, did, pop. when you did your first jump, was it, uh, it was not a tandem jump. They just gave you all the training. They're like, no, they just, they, they just jump like, dude, they line you up like 15 people in a row or 17 people in a row. And they just say, go. And you all fucking one guy looks and it's fucking, you just fucking run out one after the other. Boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom. And the fucking plane, it's like, it's like this, and it just shits out, guys. And all that. You should see it. It's fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm sure I'll have to look up a video online just to see. I mean, I think I did back in when you were doing your first jumps at, at, look at up that point mass, in time. Look up mass exit or mass tack exit out of like a C-17 Hercules. These things, they we would jump like thirty people at a time out of like the ass end of a huge C seventeen air taxi. Mass exit. What was it? Airborne or what? Well, like what? What? what do I have to um, <laughs> look up airborne mass tack exit. Let's see. Like yeah, I'll sh I'll share it. I'll share the screen. This is for the YouTube. We got to do one eighty second airborne. Were you eighty second? no 100 what was 100 and oh shit i know this 101st i was uh in the 16th mp brigade <clears throat> wasn't 82nd airborne i did a lot we did joint missions with them though gotcha all right we're gonna let her eat here 
Gotta find Did you find one? one? Yeah. There's one that's called 82nd Airborne Division Paratroopers Mass Attack Jump. 82nd Airborne Mass Mass Tactical Jump. Yep. <clears throat> Ooh, there's a night one too. Static Jump from C-17. Paratrooper. First Person. Let's do First Person. It's going to be louder than shit. Okay, this is fucking awesome shit, dude. <laughs> Are you going to be able to screen share it? Yep, I'm going right now. Uh, unless YouTube's going to be just ridiculous as YouTube is. All right, I'm screen sharing. Also, shout out to those uh, YouTube uh, viewers slash listeners that caught my goofy uh, uh, tabs on my browser. That was like an Easter egg. <laughs> That's I, funny. I, I don't think anybody so ever glad. said anything to yeah. me about it, but now okay, I remember. Look, dude. look at him just fucking funneling out. And then you basically see there's a five seconds of free fall and you're just ripping. Yeah. And then he looks up and it's, see, you look up and it's open. You grab your risers and you kind of steer yourself into the wind a little bit. Dang. See, as the suspension, you have to kind of steer away from each other. That's the scale. This is the hardest part right here. So you're not getting tangled up with anybody else. Because if you get tangled on someone's um, canopy, you could collapse their canopy. Yeah. And then you're both, then you both, what, got to release. Oh, there's another plane dumping them. Just yep. shitting them right Look out. Look at all the fuck. There's probably fucking uh 80 there's probably 100 people in the air right there maybe 90 people looks like, like it was a couple of planes three too. platoons man this is incredible. yeah look at behind them too just like that's like a mile of parachutes in the air yeah do you know what the average speed is when you're coming down like on a like good right oh when you're landing like that about uh i don't know 10 miles an hour you're falling down and so you and you typically fall. Yeah, shout out to gung ho vids. Um, yeah, that's good. So good stuff. And and when you're, you ideally want to coast, right? You want to yes. you want to fly like slip it. You slip into the wind so that you can so that you can like run on impact, or you're you're not even planning on running on impact. You're just smacking the ground. No you matter what. You have to roll. You have to roll. Gotcha. So you 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 can't really run out of it. Mm mm. Interesting. Well, I guess you have yeah. so much weight on you too. All that weight is relieved when you're in the when you're parachuting you down the, and you hit the, the style ground. of parachute. It's just the parachute style. Like those guys who run them out, they use parachutes that are steerable. They have like toggles where okay. you can drag into the wind at the last second and basically break as soon gotcha. as you start running. And that's With, the major difference, right? <clears throat> Well, hey, I mean, the listeners got a fucking education here. You basically got a college degree. You could probably jump out of a plane with in the without, fucking army. Go with call or, your recruiter with or without two hundred grand on you. No balls. You won't join the army. <laughs> oh my gosh! Were there any were there any really bad jumps that you remember? Maybe don't remember because you 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 were calmed oh, yeah. out. Yeah, for sure. There's a couple. I had a couple like just hard landings or like. When you do combat jumps, you usually have to detach your backpack and your gun and they like hang down okay. and those hit ground first. Sometimes you can't get the knot untied or the strap undone and you have to fucking ride your backpack and your gun in and land on your gun. It like bruise up your whole thigh pretty much. Interesting. Sometimes yeah. you'll fall on that. Or like I felt got stuck in a tree. Oh my gosh! So you you, wait, you you're you got stuck in a tree. Mm -hmm. I think really I really high up. I think I remember you mentioned that. And then you 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 just wait for somebody to come. You, do you have a radio on you when you do this, or you're just like, no. would they just wait no. till they? One guy in your one guy in your platoon has a radio. So like, and then there's medics who will come around and like keep track of people. How'd they get you out of that tree? My branches broke and I fell like thirty feet to the ground. I I really fucked my back up. Damn. Like to this day, it's fucked up because of that. You were, uh, you were, you were fighting weight at that time, though. You were, you were pretty limited. <laughs> what you mean, bitch? I'm always at fighting weight. <laughs> <laughs> I, I am not. I am not <laughs> trying to catch these hands <laughs> on a podcast. <laughs> I'll, I'll show up in Manistique to to come visit. Be like, hey, I got the I got the beard. <laughs> 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 
I'm sorry, I didn't mean to call it, call you a bitch. I was talking, thinking about the Adam 22 podcast. Who are you calling a bitch? <laughs> that was probably the worst. I did somebody reposted that on Twitter and I saw I saw that that, bop, bop. Po- that podcast gone gone sour. And that was probably the worst fight I'd ever seen. But the dude was bloodied up in the end. Oh yeah. And he's like, You still are a bitch. It's like, dude, you just get your ass kicked. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I was waiting for a gun to come out. Honestly, I thought somebody was for sure gonna two guys talking shit, like saying this that about whoever, and I, yeah. I don't know. Just felt like felt like guns. Is, yeah, and it's the chicken shit society we live in, where people shoot instead of handle shit. I guess so. Hey, everyone's everyone's too afraid to fight. Mm-hmm. Um, speaking of um, fighting. I don't know where I was going with this one. <laughs> oh, dude. Relatable. Yeah. <laughs> Relatable. Speaking of fighting, dude, being quarantined for a week. Oh, boy. Whew. Your patience runs thin around the crib. Yeah. The kids, too, man. The kids are testing. Well, you were you were in the... Where were you at during COVID again? You were, you, you were in your current house now during COVID, right? Yeah. Locked oh, yeah. up. Locked up on house arrest. We no, weren't really locked up, dude. We did whatever we wanted. So yeah, that's true. I guess it's the UP. Nothing's ever open. <laughs> that is a that is a very good point. And well, nothing changed. <laughs> I feel so bad for for people that go up to vacation there and they're thinking they're gonna have a normal vacation. They can like leave wherever they're staying and just go hit yeah. a star, Starbucks and do yeah. whatever the hell they want. Hit a shop. You can go to dinner, but they close at four. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh! Yeah, there's no, there's no clubbing. There's no, of course. Uh, was it Houghton had that that Continental Fire Company that I never went to? It was a club. I can't imagine a bunch of youpers in flannel and like. Oh yeah, Sorrel, yeah. Sorrel <laughs> boots. I mean, what one? I I think Tony's. I'm fairly certain Tony's been there. Have you ever hey, been there? Hey Timbo, dude. I don't. I've never been to a club my entire life. <laughs> I've been to one, I've been to one club and I, I actually, I've been to, I've been to clubs in Chicago when I was in the music industry, but, um, I went to the clubbing, the club in Grand Rapids, um, for somebody's <laughs> birthday and it, and I like after being in Chicago and I, and I'm sure like the LA nightclubs or the New York, that's what everybody's going for in Chicago. There's some too, I'm sure, but going into that club after being in chicago i'm like this is laughable this is like being in a fucking denny's that serves alcohol (laughs) dude i'd love to have hear no music and just hear the squeaking of the shoes (laughs) those are some of the funniest edits on on youtube and twitter (laughs) like at a a hardcore show with all the kids in vans just like just two-stepping squeaking (laughs) sounds like an nba game in there Oh God, this oh shit's gosh. so funny. Speaking of sports, we should probably check in. You watched that absolute flop of a Lions game. <sighs> the, the Packers too, dude. I didn't watch the Packers. I when the oh. Packers are good, I'll admit that I'll watch just to see just to oh, see a good dude, game. But they were pissing me off last night. I'm not even a Packers fan and I was getting mad at it. Yeah, U of M, U of M, I guess uh uh, or rather, Ohio State really fucking laid an egg. Oh, they ripped their Saturday. fucking drawers, dude. That that and uh, our poor boys from Nagani. Uh, shout out to those guys. They fought hard, but man, that was an absolute blowout. Oh, yeah. It was like fifty yeah. something to like fourteen, or I I don't know. They oh. scored more than that, but my god, it was it was, it was fifty-one to fourteen, I believe. And I don't know a whole ton about about like high school sports. I mean, let's be honest. I'm not a big sports guy in general. I've only gotten into it in the past oh, five on, years man. of my life. You've but, redeemed yourself. But in terms of in terms of like private schools and like Catholic schools, just recruiting all of the biggest corn fed boys from Muskegon, that's mm-hmm. what that's what Grand Rapids West Catholic did. And they yeah. had they had some absolute monsters out there and Nagani yeah. got eaten alive. And there's some big boys from Nagani too, but a whole bunch of I'm saving myself for marriage looking motherfuckers. <laughs> well, that's the thing. I, I don't even know what's those guys. They just recruited all of everybody from from like 300 square miles to go to this school. You guys you know. were born with muck boots. <laughs> born with an absolute hammer in their lip. 
this straight blonde hair with bangs. <laughs> We're just taking shots at people now. This is the failure at its taking shots hour. <laughs> taking shots. Chaz. Verbally and physically. Oh my gosh. Um, the Wings won this weekend, which is awesome. Overtime win. Um, nice. But the Wings are playing right now, and I think they're getting blown out at this point. But I believe there's Monday Night Football on. Not even watching it, so I can't even give oh, an yeah. update. Yeah, I, none of the teams that – I mean, <laughs> the Lions rarely play a Monday Night Football game, so I'm not overly they don't concerned. Give them, <laughs> they don't give them those games. But, you hey, know. second place in the NFC North. Yeah, dude. Four, <laughs> four to two in the third period, seven minutes to go wings. So – our listeners will be likely be listening to this probably like, man, <coughs> Tuesday, Tony's going to have to really be on his shit to get this stuff out. But anyways. Hey, who cares? Don't listen to it then. What else? What else went on? So what was the, uh, what was the, what was the spread for your Thanksgiving now that we're, now oh, that we're dude. out? Yeah. What did Thanksgiving? you, we didn't even talk about Thanksgiving dinner. I know well, we, uh, I missed the, I missed the other episode that's but, all good that's all good we get we got, a, um, we got a good chunk of time we did left. hens we did cornish hens oh okay how'd you and, get s- smoke them uh nope just roasted them okay dry rubbed and roasted nice. thought them all day they what'd were ha- perfect what'd you have in the rub uh salt pepper garlic paprika a little bit of onion powder parsley thyme rosemary okay so you got some of the hard hitters the hard hitting yep. seasonings yep. um what were the what was the what was the side action like? The classics. Just sweet potato, rutabaga, mashed potato, uh, green beans and bacon. Green beans and bacon. So not like a green bean casserole. You did like no, we we did no, we didn't uh, do GB cast. Gotcha. Actually, no. My mom dropped off some green bean casserole. Had a little bit of that, but <clears throat> we yeah, didn't. I... We weren't. We didn't have any appetite much. So yeah, that's tough, man. And then you're sick of leftovers, literally, like, <laughs> I'm so guilty of eating Thanksgiving dinner. And like, oh, leftovers tomorrow. I'm like, nah, I'm going I'm to grab like a pizza. I ain't that bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I love the, the day after just getting that, that one. Maybe last. a sandwich. Mm-hmm. But man, it was, we had, we just had way too much. And I, and I didn't, I didn't eat too much. I, I had a good uh, liquor selection. Um, thanks. Doing to more that. drinking. Liquid lunch, liquid dinner. Yeah, no, I just I, I hit I hit the salad. I doubled up on the salad this year. Um, nice. Had turkey gravy. It was actually I, I learned a hack about well at least whatever bird we got Byron Center meats. That's where we got the bird from. That's where Amelie's mom got the bird from. Uh, and it was a it was a raw raw bird that was uh, unfrozen, so it was like fresh. And mm-hmm. that thing, she cooked for four and a half hours in the oven, and it was, I forget how many pounds it was, I think it was massive, but it was 100% juicy all the way through. Like, the white oh. meat, the breast was all the way down to the bone, just just liquid coming out of that thing, clear liquid. Juicy. And, it, and, and I was surprised. I was like, you know, I thought frozen butter balls the way to go. You, you, you buy it. Uh, on Halloween, and you start thawing it then because it just takes <laughs> it takes four years to thaw that brick that is a tur- a frozen butterball turkey. Uh, Dude, but, but no, real so shit. <laughs> it is literally it just it takes years. You got to plan years in advance to legit, thaw. Legit, dude. Even a frozen to- chicken breast. You're like you're trying to make dinner, and you're like, oh, I should pull some of these frozen. Or I got like right now, I got partridge. Uh, from my dad and like mule deer and stuff. Like I gotta thaw that four days in advance in the oh, fridge. Dude. Maybe I need maybe my fridge is too cold. But legit, dude. When we lived in the south, when we lived in the hood, it was, it was like two days before Thanksgiving, and I was buying a frozen turkey. And oh, I'm you just better turn the, the heat on in that car. <laughs> I'm at the fucking I'm at the register, and it's just some old older woman checking me out, and she's looking at the frozen turkey, going, Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck. Fuck, fuck. So you're like work. you're like wrapping it in warm blankets. So you you throw running a, it underwater, nothing stop. You throw a comforter in the you you spend two hundred dollars on your water bill that month for thermal blanket. Yeah, <laughs> you got it under the sunbeam heated blanket. Just trying trying to get in, that fucker in the oven. I got it in my water heater. 
Oh my gosh. Have you ever fried a turkey? No, no. Never fried nor smoked. Yeah. Dude, smoker, dude. You'd you'd have to buy ten bags of pellets to smoke an entire no. turkey for a family. No. You'd I guess I'd, a, spatch, I'd spatchcock it. Yeah. I I've I've seen somebody do that spatchcock a turkey and they like did it half on a like a Weber grill and then hmm. finished it in the oven, which I imagine hmm. which I imagine is just kind of difficult to do but yeah i'd probably spatchcock it and spray it over and over again yeah it's just weird. fucking good cooking birds is is fun but man it's just it's all poison you know anything i'm not a big bird guy honestly i like the i like the hens I like i like like smaller game birds i do not like turkey i think it's fucking nasty <laughs> tastes oh like shit <laughs> Big old farm raised fucking <laughs> raptor. Just full of fucking millet and Yeah. <laughs> just a big fucking cyst. Swimming in its own shit. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what the yeah. listeners are gonna think of this. Episode. Fucking bird eating its own <laughs> shit. Oh my gosh. Well, this is Ben. Alright. Sorry. <laughs> this is Ben. Quite the end Happy of the episode. Fucking Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> the bird's nasty the mashed potatoes are lumpy the stuffing's gummy <laughs> and you, god damn you it use, the cranberry sa- tastes better out of the can you use oh dude <laughs> don't even get me started oh her, <laughs> her mom made mommy's mom made uh cranberry sauce she gets like the cranberry mush with the stems and shit and it's like mm-hmm. stabbing your throat all the way down and, uh, you put orange juice in it. <laughs> just... Take the can. Give <laughs> <laughs> the cranberries. I love I love the the jelly the jelly. We talked it's about the that best. last episode. It's just the jelly, no no raw. It's basically you could buy cranberry flavored Jello brand Jello and throw that bitch out there, and I'd eat it. But... <laughs> just like gelatinous form. I don't know why we're laughing so hard, but this is. <laughs> Hopefully this is gonna be a good episode. Thanks to the listener for staying this long, but holy shit, we have uh, went fun. from went from Metallica's new song to DB Cooper to shitty Thanksgiving. Every Thanksgiving, oh, I'm just more. I get sick every goddamn Thanksgiving. I hate Thanksgiving. Oh, are you are you a are you a under the weather vet for Thanksgiving? Is that like yes, a dude? Thing every really? year it happens. Every year it gets cold. You stay inside for like a few too many minutes with all of your kids that are germ magnets i don't know you guys keep your house really clean though i i have to say that you just, you right. just, what are you talking about i mean I, I don't know i mean it's never been never been dirty when i walked in there i mean yeah there's like a toy explosion somewhere you're oh, yeah. <laughs> you're gonna hit a lego landmine at some point but that's normal you got you got kids oh, my feet there. are calloused <laughs> you don't you don't need to wear you walk on blacktop and in uh, Dude, North Carolina, <laughs> I get the mail barefoot even in the winter. <laughs> oh my gosh! You walk down, <laughs> and your the twist is that your 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 uh, mailbox is at the post office. You walk all the way down. It's a PO box. You're not that far out in the wilderness, right? Oh, no. God no! I hate that shit. As much as living in the woods sounds nice, but anyways, we should probably wrap this up. Yeah, dude, 58 minutes. We're locked in. We got her. We got her dialed in. We had some good, we had some good, some bad, some pauses, but we went straight through. So, hey, here's uh, episode 31, head to head, Chris and Aaron of uh, Failure at its Finest Hour podcast. Check out the YouTube, check out the socials. For fuck's sake, people, download Twitter, and that's where I'll end it. (laughs) Thanks for listening, folks. (laughs) Dude, I turned. I I turn. Thanks for listening to failure at its finest hour. I saw a dude. There was a dude ripping fucking pills in the back room one time. Oh yeah, side story. Remember when we drug all the equipment out of the basketball court behind that place and blew the lid off the town? Thanks for listening to failure at its finest hour. Penguin!
penguin. It was penguin. Nice. Another perfect round. Thanks for listening to failure at its finest hour. Distinctively remember getting thrown to the ground when that first one blew up. Thanks for listening.